What do you see in the passage? Love. Jesus was motivated to serve out of love. See, it's easy to serve somebody when you love them. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford, Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you've joined us today as we begin a message entitled, A Towel or a Title. You know, most of us are familiar with the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. He gets down and he wraps that towel around him and he begins to wash their feet, really doing the job of a servant. But he did so because he was demonstrating servant leadership and love for those around him. And you and I are called to follow Jesus, to be like him. And so we need to be doing that same kind of thing. We need to be serving those that we interact with. And as we love them, as Pastor Ford was pointing out just a moment ago, it is so much easier to serve them. You know, maybe if you've been uh, married for some length of time, you don't serve or pursue your spouse like you once did. But think back to when you were dating, when you were trying to win your spouse's heart. Guys, you were probably doing all kinds of stuff to try and woo your wife. And ladies, I know, at least if you're like my wife, you were cooking for your man because you knew that uh, that was one way to get his attention and show him that you loved him. And by the way, my wife still does that. But that is one way that you can show that you love someone, to serve them and to serve them well. We're going to continue to look at this from John chapter 13 as we begin the message, A Towel or a Title. Here's Pastor Ford. Someone has asked the question, what is a leader? I like what one man said. A leader is somebody who finds out where his people are headed and runs and jumps in front. <laughs> yeah, I like what another person said. He said, uh, uh, a leader is someone who really doesn't know whether he's being followed or whether he's being chased. See, I don't have to wonder. I know I'm being chased. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but let me give you the definition. My definition of a leader is a leader knows the way, a leader goes the way, and a leader shows the way. Uh, you know it. You've been in my leadership class. And so what, what they have is information, and then they have demonstration, then communication. That is, a leader should have a map and should be a model and have a message from the master to lead the people. And so, and so the key ingredients, to say the least, is uh, that a leader is somebody who has somebody that's following them. Now, let me just tell you right now, let me bring you in the, in the sermon because you're trying to exempt yourself from it. But listen, if one person is looking at you and is looking at you for an example, whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, you are a leader. That if you are influencing one person, you are a leader. And I'm guaranteeing you this, everyone in here is influencing at least one person. And the question on the floor is, are you influencing them for the Lord? Or are you influencing them for the devil? Don't look around. We don't want anybody to get convicted. And sometimes I ask myself, because I get up here and teach you and show you and tell you that Moses got the children of Israel across the Red Sea and Joshua uh, got the children of Israel across the Jordan River. And I'm looking at some of you and I can't even get you across 79th Street. 
But a good leader knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And good leadership that functions in this manner is a blessing to the people of God as they move forward to implement the plan and the purpose of God through the power of God and the provision of God. And so a church will rise and fall on the leadership that it has. That struggling preacher of a small church in Dallas, Texas, Tony Evans said it this way. If there is a mist in the pulpit, there will be a fog in the pew. Oh, that, that's true. And I'm going to tell you about not in this church, but in other churches, we have a whole lot of people who went, but they weren't sent. They're more perspiration than they are inspiration. Oh, y'all ain't going to pray with me. Uh -huh. Y'all ain't going to pray with me. And when we begin to look at biblical, what the Bible says about us, the people of God, and how we are to interact with one another, most of us need to be ashamed of the way that we treat each other. You've been beat up on the world and then come to church and somebody won't speak to you. You don't expect it in here. Anyway, let me, let me go ahead on here because I don't want to get started. You know, the world says, uh, you know, the last shall be first, I mean, the first shall be last, and the last shall get leftovers. That's what the world says. And that he who owns the gold, you know, makes the rules, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know, owns the gold and all that kind of mess. But what does the Bible say? You help me. You can finish it. You've done it before. If you want to be first, you got to be last. If you want to be the greatest, you have to be the least. If you want to be exalted, you've got to be humble. If you want a crown, you got to pick up your cross. And if you want to be the leader of all, you've got to be the, oh, that's the Bible, and you've been reading it too. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the problem is, many of us want to be, help me out, big baller, shot caller, number one stunner, player, player from the Himalayas. That's all right. I say it all the time, so well, I don't care. And um, we want to be that, but we don't want to be it the Bible way. And that's our problem. And the disciples, now not, not us, but the disciples, they, they, they had an argument. Who's going to be the greatest? Now this is right before this text because the backdrop for this text, the context, is John chapter 13 through John chapter 17 is called what? What is that, that pericope called? 13 through 17 is called the upper room discourse. That's right, y'all. We're here this morning. And... Um, the upper room discourse. Jesus is one week away from Calvary. He, he wants to have an intimate time with his disciples. So he gets an upper room and he says, okay, you guys come. And from 13 to 17, he just talks to them. He ends up with the real Lord's prayer in John chapter 17. Now, what's the precursor to this? What came before? They were arguing. And they were, they were walking along the way, and they walked behind your rabbi. You, he leads, you follow. And so Jesus must be a, a distant away, and they think he can't hear. And, you know, it's amazing to me what we think we get away with. Like God don't know what we're doing. That as long as I can hide it from you, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't get that. But anyway, and so they're whispering because they don't want him to hear when they forgot that he heard what the Pharisees were thinking. And so they say, well, but no, no, I'm big baller shot caller. No, I'm big baller shot caller. No, I'm big baller. No, no, I walk closer than the master. He called my name first. No, 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 no. And Jesus said, why do you argue about that? Let me show you who's going to be the greatest. And they said, what you talking about, Jesus? What are you talking about? 
Let me show you who's going to be the greatest. He brought a little child, put him in the midst and said, the one that's like this child will be the greatest. So he gives them a message. But how many know you can hear a sermon and it not affect you at all? And so now they come in the upper room, and here's the scene. Because uh, we're it, right in Passover, so Passover is during the dry season. And so uh, what, what's happening is the roads are very dusty. As a matter of fact, archaeologists tell us that at that time, the streets would have three inches of dust. So you would go to a bathhouse to bathe because you didn't have a shower or tub in your crib. And so you go to the bathhouse, and you bathe. It's Saturday. Everybody knows you take a bath on Saturday. And so you, you take... Well, you didn't? You mean you came to church and you, you didn't take a bath last night or a shower this morning? You're free to move right now if you want to move. You're, you're free to move. Uh, you know, I understand. And so, and so you would walk back, but what would happen? Your feet would get dusty. So when you go to the house, and, and they're in the upper room now, but when you go to a person's house, there are three articles. There is a tub, a basin, and there is a pitcher of water, and there is a tile. Now, whose job is it? Well, it's the job of the youngest child if there wasn't a servant, or the job of the lowest servant in the house. So then here they come now. Jesus is on his way to Calvary. He just told them. They know it. They would recline, not sit at a table. So here they come. They come in, and they know there's not, not a servant. It's just the 12 of them and Jesus. And so Peter comes in. He sees the basin, the towel, and the tub, and he thinks, uh, I got the keys to the kingdom. That means he's the head of the elder board. He's the head of the deacon board. And he said, oh, no, I don't, I don't do feet. I got the keys to the kingdom. Jesus told me flesh and blood didn't reveal it to me. When you got that kind of revelation, you don't touch feet. So then here comes Andrew. That's his brother. For those of you who don't know that Andrew was Peter's brother. And so you, you know, I need to quit that, don't I? I need, I, you know, I need to stop. But there are some people who say, well, who's Andrew? Anyway, so Andrew comes in. He sees it, and he knows what that means. Somebody need to wash everybody's feet. But he says, you know what? I, I remember my big brother used to take his sandals off, and I saw them big old corns and that fungus under them toenails and, you know, that jam between them toes. I ain't messing with feet. Then Judas comes in. He's the treasurer. That means he's the head of trustee board. He said, no, nah, I, I ain't. You know, now nah, it's money I'll count it, but I ain't doing feet. You know, and then all of a sudden, my boy, my boy Thomas comes in. He sees him. He say, I doubt it. <laughs> so then the Bible says, Jesus let them all go and get at the table. And then verse 4, listen to it. And he rises from supper. So he was already eating. And he's, he's eating, and what's the Lord doing? Let me see if anybody's going to do the common courtesy of the day. Have they learned anything? They've been with me for three and a half years. Now, you've been in church long enough to know better. Come on, man. Still struggling with the same thing you struggled with when you first got saved, and you've been saved for 15 years. Something wrong with that picture. Still hating on people. Still gossiping and backbiting and maligning. And call yourself deacon, elder, pastor, head of the mission, willing to wait club. And so what, what, what does Jesus do? He gets up. He goes, grabs the picture, takes out his outer garment, wraps the towel around him, goes over and begins to wash their feet. But what a great picture 
of Jesus demonstrating his love through servant leadership. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled A Towel or a Title. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss any uh, future broadcast in the series, come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. You can uh, sign up to begin podcasting this program, or you can always listen to each and every program online. Again, it's treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. You see, when you look at what's going on here, now now I'm not going to indict everybody because there are some people who will serve you in the church. They will work like a dog, but it's only so that they can get the bone. You don't believe me? Call the names of everybody that did something and leave theirs out. I ain't working on that board no more. Why? He ain't called my name. How he forget my name? I did more work than everybody. He ain't called my name. I, that's the last time I'm doing that. Wonder why it's so quiet in here. Yeah. And here's what gets me now. Jesus is approximately a week away from Calvary. They wouldn't do it for him. Now, you would think they would say, okay, I ain't washing Peter, Thomas, I ain't washing them, but Jesus, my Lord, I'm going to wash his feet. Now, let me tell you why they didn't wash his feet. The text reveals it, because they were talking about who was being the greatest. And the world's concept is great people don't wash feet. So why wouldn't they just do it for Jesus? Make an exception. Because if I do it for him, John will be looking up like, mine are dirty too. Here's what they didn't realize, that when you do something for another person, Jesus said, you're doing it for him. If you give a cup of cold water in my name, you, Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, I was thirsty and you didn't give me water, and I was hungry and you didn't give me food. And and, and you know what you're going to say? When did I see you thirsty? When did I see you hungry? And he's going to say, I was in prison. I was the one standing in front of Walgreens that asked you, do you have any change? I was the one that was standing in front of Captain Hooks and said, I'm hungry. Can you buy me something to eat? And you said, go get a job like everybody else. I worked hard for this money. I didn't work to give it away. So Jesus says, listen, I have to show you how it's done. I'll have to show you. Now, what I want to do is walk through, but... Jesus was motivated to serve, and his motivation ought to be ours. There are six in the passage. I'll get as far as I can get, and then I'm going to stop. But I want to walk through and show you, because sometimes we have the wrong motivation. Okay, Uh, I'm talking a little bit about leadership. You know, you ever wonder why there are some folk that come to church, and they raise all kind of sand, sand that's not necessary. You say, why they like that? Like, you, there's some brothers, you know why they tear us at the board meeting, pounding their fists and all that and demanding and using their title? Because they wimps at home. I'm serious. Go see them at their crib. Yes, my love. Yes, dear. Yes, my love. And so she running him. He talking about, I'm the head of this house. Yeah, and I'm the neck that turns the head, baby. Oh, bossy woman. So he come, he take it out on us. I'm wondering why he give me a hard time. You know, till I find out, till she come walking in the door. Boom, 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 boom. Come here. 
<laughs> I see, there it is. That's the problem. Uh, amen. Yeah, he's going to take it out on me because he got some power at church. Well, let's walk through. Let's get as many of them we get. At least we can get half of them. Let's see. What motivated Jesus to serve? What should be our motivation? I don't want to take it in the order. It is in the text of Scripture. Verse 1, you know what it is? Compassion. That is love for people. Notice what it says in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them until the end. What do you see in the passage? Love, love, love. Jesus was motivated to serve out of love. See, it's easy to serve somebody when you love them. Because this is the word agapeo or agape, right? What does it mean? Unconditional. That is, I love you in spite of who you are. So it's easy. Why is it uh, that we leave ministries and leave, leave churches most of the time and all those kind of things? You want to know why? Because we haven't learned how to love people unconditionally. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. Uh, I'm doing something and somebody steps on my toes. Somebody hates on me. Uh, but I don't realize that that's my brother and my sister anyway and that God said, I'm to love them in spite of who they are. It's easy to love somebody that's easy to love. How do you know you have the love of Christ? When somebody's getting on your last black nerve, when somebody's getting on your last white nerve, when somebody's getting on your last Hispanic nerve, when somebody's getting on your last Asian nerve, and you say, I love you in the Lord anyway. I'll never forget it. A few, few years ago, now it's been a bunch of years now, I was marrying one of my nephews, and uh, we were at the wedding. Everybody was around, and we eating, getting our eat on, you know. And so uh, they asked Melinda, uh, my niece, they said, Mindy, uh, when you going to get married, girl? I mean, you know, it's, it's about your time now. And here's what she said. She said, I ain't met him yet. And they said, well, oh, you ain't met him yet? You know who he is? I don't know who he is, but I know who he's like. And everybody said, who's he like? And she pointed to me and said, I'm not getting married till I meet a man that's just like my Uncle Sonny. And so you know, you know my head got big. <laughs> I said, excuse me, what you say, man? She said, they heard me. I'm not getting married till I meet somebody like that's going to treat me just like you treat my Aunt Pudgy. And then my wife said, you smart, girl. <laughs> and my head got bigger. Amen. I'm thinking to myself, now I know I got issues. But that was a great, great compliment. And, and, and you know what? The truth be known, and I do have issues, and my wife will tell you, ain't no way in the world, I ain't no better than any other brothers in here, but I go out of my way to make her happy. I've been gone a long string and preaching places, and so Thursday night, I was doing a singles conference out in Bolingbrook, and then Friday and Saturday singles conference over in Country Club Hills, and so I said, I know now uh, that she's going to be saying, you've been gone a lot, you've been gone a lot. And I said to myself, how can I anticipate this? How can I deal with this? Okay, I said, okay, well, I got to, I got to there early and I called her I said hey girl uh, I, I, I'm at Papa Do's what you want and she said read the menu and I read the menu and she said I want some Gator Bites I want this I want that and I said all right I'll get it for you girl don't worry about it and I'm gonna put it in the refrigerator so don't go bad or anything you want anything else no that's all I want so then I was teaching them and I was saying listen you have to anticipate the needs of your spouse and uh, you don't have it yet but find somebody who's going to anticipate the need so I told him I said look I, I'll go in the doghouse this weekend because I've been preaching almost 21 days
days straight. But my wife has been so nice in, in letting me do this. But I know that nice don't last always. So what I got to do is set it up. So I said, I got her Papa dose, and then I'm going and I'm going to find me a jewel because that's all that's open this time of night when I'm rolling back to the city of Chicago. I said, I'm going to find me a jewel. She like roses. How many roses am I going to get her? And I've been a Jubilee enough that they know. And 11 roses. And then I went in to get the 11 roses. I saw this beautiful bouquet of just flower flowers. And I said, wow. So I got both of them. And I went home and I said, I got your Papa dose, baby, and here's your Papa dose. And, and then I showed her those flowers. She was sleeping the next day. I showed her those flowers. She said, roses, oh, oh, oh. And I said, and I was looking and I said, you know what? I get her roses all the time. But I saw something and it was beautiful. <laughs> and I said, you know what? It's beautiful, but it just ain't as beautiful as you. Am I okay? Am I? See, I ain't in the doghouse. I'm my baby. Yeah, 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 right, right. Because, because all she, see, see that smile right there? See that smile? That's my wife right there. See that smile? That's the smile I got. One of the young people asked me, you henpecked? Because I clean, I cook, and all that kind of stuff. Breakfast in bed, all that kind of stuff. Are you henpecked? And I said, no, I ain't henpecked. I'm in love. And when you in love, that ain't no chore. That's not a job. You, ju you just do it because you like to do it. That's all. It don't mean it's a, it's a labor of love you talking about. And then I told him this. I said, and besides, if I am hen peck, I chose the hen that's pecking me. Right. Yeah, that's my hen. <laughs> she can peck me all she want. Just as long as some other chicken don't try to peck me. Because <laughs> then they're going to be a hen fight. <laughs> What's your point, preacher? Get your point and move on. Here's my point. My point is this, that love views service from a different perspective. Oh, what a great truth that is. Love views service from a different perspective. We're listening to Treasured Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr. And we'd love to know how God is at work in your life. You can always give us your feedback when you come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. Well, the fact that you're listening right now shows that you recognize the value of solid Bible teaching that defines treasured truth. And there's an easy way to cast your vote in support, not just of this ministry, but of Moody Radio as a whole. When you become a monthly partner, your ongoing support lets us know how much you appreciate studying God's Word with us. And it allows us to continue to create the kind of programming that you've come to trust here on Treasured Truth. So become a monthly partner right now. Call us at 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. You know, when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, we're going to say thanks for your support by giving you a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. Now, this is an ongoing discount that remains active for as long as you're a monthly partner, and it gives you affordable and unlimited access to a wide range of biblical and theological resources. So if you want to learn more about biblical leadership, you can check out books like C.H. Spurgeon's Spiritual Leadership or D.L. Moody on Spiritual Leadership by Steve Miller. These resources and more are available at a 50% discount when you become a monthly partner. So call now, 888 644 7660 or go to treasuretruthradio.org I'm Steve Hiller our producer is Amy Rios and Pastor Ford continues the study on leadership next time so join us tomorrow for Treasure Truth 
a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.